There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports. Rather, it's positives or negative. Minnesota Sports Chat has you covered. Talking nothing but Minnesota sports all year long. It's time now for the soon-to-be award-winning, if only in his own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat with your host, Ross Brendel. Would you believe that this is the 192nd edition of the soon-to-be award-winning Minnesota Sports Chat presented by my friends at Beans Coffee Company? Make sure you use that promo code SPORTSCHAT at coffeebybeans.com when you nab some of that great-tasting coffee. It's been a bit since we've done this. I want to talk a little St. Thomas Athletics today. A St. Thomas D1 deep dive. I think we're at about two and a half-ish years, roughly, of D1 athletics for the St. Thomas programs. A few years back, I was joined by St. Thomas Athletics Director Phil Esten. On this edition of the pod, we check in with the voice of St. Thomas football and basketball, known in these here parts by many, Mr. Corbu Status. Good to have you on the pod, Corbu. Good to be with you, Ross. I think once you get to number 200, that's when the awards start coming. Is is that it? Eight more and you'll be there. You know, this goes back maybe about a year ago. I've I've always made the uh, veiled threat. I'll just make up an award and give it to myself if I don't win one. Sure. Well, one of my buddies pointed out to me, this actually happened. Like R.L. Stein gave himself an award, you know, Goosebumps fame or or something like that. So. The precedent's been set, so if nobody's willing to give me one, I'll just make one up. I mean, they all have to get started somewhere, right? None of the awards existed before somebody made them up, so why not? Well, this actually, I I believe you are still doing stuff with the University of Minnesota. The punter of the year, the or the holder of the year, the Peter Mortel Award started when yeah. he made it up and gave it, I think, to himself. And now it's, so. a, now it's a real award. Yeah, so there that's you go. all it takes. <laughs> all it takes is some gumption, a few followers, and you got it. Well, there we go. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you making time to do this. I, I'm really looking forward to this. I am not a St. Thomas guy. I didn't go to the mm-hmm. university, but I'm very supportive of having more D1 athletics, D1 options, and I think it's a ton of fun. I've been to a St. Thomas now D1 football game I think twice I've been to a basketball game. I'm looking forward to getting to a hockey game later this year. I I think it's awesome. And I think there's just a ton of ground that we can cover, but I think you kind of coming in, I don't want to say in the ground level, but right at the beginning, as they were going from D three to D one, it's gotta be a fun vantage point just to kind of take a step back and look at it and see where they started and already how far, not just football and basketball, but all the programs and a university as a whole have come. That has to be pretty fun for you to see. Yeah, absolutely. There's so many different storylines for the University of St. Thomas, the whole evil empire, right? Like if you didn't go to St. Thomas, did you like St. Thomas? Probably not, no. right? Because yep. they were winning all of the everything in Division Three. They didn't even know where like the Mayak Championship trophies were because they were winning them so often. But then to go from hated, dominant superstar to the lovable upstart 
that's an interesting twist. But then you also have all these coaches who were so used to winning games at the Division three level to now have to struggle and relearn how they want to coach and what expectations are and how to deal with different expectations. That's a whole nother great story. And then the way they've been able to have success, nobody knew what it was going to be like, right? I mean, you thought we had some really good division three teams. Maybe we'll be able to compete here and there, but you could argue that the men's basketball team had 10 upsets in their first season and they went 10 and 20, right? And then year two football wins the pioneer football league, which I think caught everybody by surprise. And then you look at the incremental steps that the hockey teams are taking the, uh, women's and men's cross country track and field and even volleyball they're all making those steps forward progressing and it's really interesting to see it and it's fun to see how excited and how i don't know if humble is the right word because i don't want them i don't want to say that they weren't humble before but just how everybody says this is what we're going to do we're going to take our lumps but it's going to be fun. And when we get there, we're going to be able to look back and say, look at what we built. And I think that's really, really cool. Has the progression, maybe the the quicker progression for football and basketball, and I would lump both hockey programs into it. Mm-hmm. Ha- has that surprised you? And then I'll, I'll twofold. I'll throw in a second one here. The moment it was announced, they were going D one as a, as a gopher guy. And I wouldn't say it's a problem, but right away I said, I think the team that's going to win a national championship first is going to be hockey. And I don't think it's going to take very long. I mean, I I just feel like the hockey program specifically, you couldn't be in a better state to go D one and to be in and around the Metro and have an access, not just to all hockey players, but the hockey hotbed that is Minnesota. When you look at Duluth as one national championship, St. Cloud state has been in the mix. Bemidji State was in a frozen four a handful of years back. Minnesota State or Mankato State, whatever you want to call them, has been knocking on that door now for a handful of years. I mean, you could argue there's probably no better time to make that transition than when St. Thomas did. And the success that they've had across multiple sports has been, I don't want to oversell it, but it's kind of been nothing short of astonishing. Yeah, it's a really, it's such a big deal. I mean, I think you you have one or two athletes every year that probably could be considered division one athletes, even when you're a division three school, right? And and maybe they're fringe division one, or maybe they're not like big 10 division one athletes, but they're still division one athletes. So to take that and move up, I think early you saw the real difference but now you're seeing everybody catch up and you're seeing that interest, like you mentioned in hockey, where now you have another option in the cities. You don't have to go out state to necessarily continue your hockey career in the state that you love. If you're from here and we know Minnesotans love them some Minnesota, so they want to stay close to home. Yeah, Why would you? Yeah, we do. Uh, so Let's stick around. Let's go to the Twin Cities. I think hockey, the one disadvantage, I'm, I don't want to call it a disadvantage, the one thing that hockey has to deal with that the other St. Thomas programs don't have to deal with is the, uh, the amount of division one hockey programs in the state. There's only one other division one volleyball program. There's only one other division one men's and women's basketball program in this state. And that is the university of Minnesota. So now all of those student athletes that were going to go to Marquette, Milwaukee, green Bay, North Dakota state, South Dakota state, 
they have an option. They can stay in the state of Minnesota and compete at that same level. So that's where I think basketball and volleyball, especially volleyball in this state where it is such a big deal and there is so much good volleyball talent, those have a great opportunity to progress quickly. Same with hockey. It's a huge, huge pipeline you're pulling from. I think those are the sports where I think the, I don't want to say the expectations, but kind of the expectations are there that those are going to be the ones that have the most success early on and maybe the most sustained success. What's it like for you on a daily basis, especially this time of year where you're kind of doing double duty with basketball and football? What's it like being around uh, Glenn Caruso and Johnny Tower on a daily basis? I mean, these are names that before they moved to D1, those were names that people knew in the state of Minnesota. And Mm -hmm. now for those guys, they're getting more national exposure. I mean, I mean, heck, Monday night, you're calling a game where Johnny Towers taking on Mark Madsen. I mean, I know it's about the players, but those are the two coaches. That's got to be fun to be around those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really an interesting uh, study in personalities. And Glenn Caruso is a guy who is always looking at every single angle. He wants to know where is the winning edge. And it starts at breakfast. It starts as soon as the alarm goes off and it doesn't stop. He's probably dreaming about winning edges. And it's a really fascinating time to talk with Glenn and hear his thoughts on the game of football, on the game of life, all of it. I, I love chatting with Glenn and breaking those things down and just hearing his his thoughts on those things. And then you have a guy like Johnny Tower who, um, how do I say this? He's a real live human being. And if you've been around a lot of coaches, you know that coaches are like their own category. And you, if you met Johnny outside of it, you would never know he was a coach. He just is a, a person. And it's fun to be around him as well and hear his thoughts. And he, whereas Glenn is like winning edge, he's got a, he likes his routine and he's got his regiment and he's go, go, go. Johnny's kind of the opposite where he's a little bit more laid back and he's going to kind of take things as they come. So when they're both going on at the same time, it's fun being in both worlds, no doubt about it. And it's fascinating picking their brains about how they wanted to approach this transition because they had two different ideas. And they're really, I think you could say Glenn had a better opportunity because you're going from non-scholarship to non-scholarship, whereas it was maybe a bigger hill to climb for JT but it's fun to see how they both approach that and then pick their brains about dealing with adversity, right? Because they haven't dealt with a ton of adversity. They've won, like you wouldn't believe when you go look at their records, gaudy is the word that comes to mind. So it's really a lot of fun to be in both worlds. Well, this year specifically, the football team did face some adversity early on in the season, got off to a one and two start, pretty slow start, but they've since rebounded and are now six and three, I think technically still in the mix for another conference championship. But on that topic, you know, I noticed this last year, and this is not unique to the pioneer league for football. Would you like to see a point where maybe everybody truly is playing everybody? Because if I'm not mistaken, Davidson is one of the leaders, but Davidson and St. Thomas aren't going to play this year. Correct. So, correct. I mean, is there not a way I think it's, is it 10 teams or is it 11? There's 11. Yeah, could could we not come up with a way to do a round robin where maybe it's you're playing 10 conference games and maybe two non-conference or is that just not something that the coaches would prefer? That's a really good question. I think it would be great to play everybody. 
because it is a bummer that Davidson, which is one of the top programs in the Pioneer Football League, and St. Thomas, which has proven to be one of the top programs in the Pioneer Football League, that they're not going to play each and every year. Because Davidson has, oh gosh, Stetson and Dayton left, I believe, on their schedule. And those are going to be two games that they're heavily favored in. And then Drake, who's also out there this year, they're not playing Davidson. So those two could both be undefeated and won't have played each other. And then St. Thomas will be in that mix and they won't have played Davidson. And it's just too bad. You'd like to see the, especially in the Pioneer Football League where football, it's a bunch of schools where football is a little bit de-emphasized. Why don't we go ahead and make sure that the big matchups are there every single year? But, you know, the way we want things as fans is a lot different than how other people see things sometimes. And sometimes coaches are like, yeah, I don't know if I want to play the best teams every single year. It would be nice to have a break from an Ohio State and Michigan every couple of years, right? Same with Davidson and St. Thomas. Teams are probably happy to have the Tommies off their schedule. One thing that got me really excited, and it's still fun to look at, uh, last year it was fun to watch the standings. It's going to be fun this year. I love St. Thomas being in the Summit League for pretty much every yeah. other sport because it creates – It can't help but to create rivalries when you talk about, oh, St. Thomas, North Dakota State, North Dakota, South Dakota, South Dakota State, all these teams in the same region. That is fun. And I think that's a really fun. I don't know if you can call it an advantage, but I think it's a fun selling point when you are on the recruiting trail trying to find kids that maybe are from Minnesota, but maybe they're from around the area and say, boy, you know what, maybe you are from North Dakota, you're still going to have a chance to play those teams and your family will be able to see you a couple times a year because you'll be in the area. And oh, by the way, Sioux Falls, South Dakota or Fargo, North Dakota to St. Paul, not a far drive. I think that's a fun advantage. Uh, 100%. It's a little old school in that the the uh, makeup of the league makes sense. It's regional. You can bust most places. The only plane trips that we take for Summit League are to Omaha and Denver. That's it, right? So you you can bust to Kansas City. That's a six hours. That's not bad, though. If you're going to the East Coast with the, with a Big Ten team, by the time you get to the airport, you get on a flight, you land, you get on the bus, you, that's six hours. So six-hour bus ride when you don't have anybody sitting next to you and you have all of the blankets and books and everything you need, it's a wonderful thing, man. You've been given the gift of time. And it just 100% makes geographical sense. It's more accessible for the fans. Like, hey, do you want to drive up to Fargo and take in the Tommies? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, it is like, what's the word I want to look for? Well, it's great for sane. road trips. Yeah, it's very yeah. sane, by the way. You're right. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's logical. Yep. It's logical. Yeah. Uh, this is a little bit off topic pertains to where you were at Monday night, but it also pertains to Minnesota sports fans. Hence Minnesota sports chat. Did you have a chance at all? I didn't catch the pregame. Did you have a chance at all to catch up with Mark Madsen and talk to Mark Madsen? Uh, what was that like? And what is he staring at at Cal with the project that he has in front of him? I, I didn't get a chance to catch up with the mad dog, but I've never heard a bad word about him ever like you ask everybody and they're like oh i love mark madsen i know that he's uh some 
people who work for the Timberwolves, he is still their favorite Timberwolf of all time. Um, him and uh, Johnny Tower caught up before the game when the team was walking out to shoot around and Cal was coming in and they chatted. And he just has that persona where you can tell he's a down-to-earth guy. He's going to remember you. He's going to know you. He's not just going to shake your hand, glad hand you. He's going to have a moment with you, right? He's going to connect with you. Um, he's gonna. He's got some heavy lifting at Cal, I think. Um, he had a great success at Utah Valley, which I don't think is an easy place to win. Uh, you have Utah and you have BYU right next door, and they're pulling recruits. So I, I think that's a tough place to try and go win. But Cal is a beautiful campus. Uh, who knows what it's going to be like for them in the ACC? I can't imagine it'll be easy. Speaking of gaudy travel and awful travel, but... You know, when you're going to a Pac-12 program and you're a guy like Mark Matson, especially in that area where he carries a, a ton of weight, like he's a big area guy, went to Stanford. He's going to be able to draw student athletes to that place. They're going to get some people there. And I think he could have Cal Hummond in a few years. So I do not want to get you in trouble because I understand you have to call the games and you're around the university. So I'll, I'll let you choose how you want to respond to this. <laughs> But I I think you're going to be maybe like-minded with me. I've said this for years now. I'm a college athletics nut, primarily football, basketball, and hockey. Mm -hmm. One thing I just don't enjoy, and I don't enjoy that you have to deal with it right now, is we penalize teams for moving up. I really Mm -hmm. do not understand or like the probationary period. I get I get when you look it up why they do it. I understand why they claim they do it. So you don't have teams mm-hmm. that pop up for a year or two and go back down. I don't know what the answer is. Classic political answer here. I don't know what the answer is, but I do know, at least in my opinion, the way they're doing it right now is not fair and it's not fun. And it, it's maybe it gets easier when you're in years three, four, and five or when you're on the back half. But those right. first, those first two years... That's really, really tough on an administration and an athletics program. Now, granted, they know it. You know what you're going into. But I look at it last year. That St. Thomas football team had an outside shot to be in the playoffs. Couldn't make it. Yeah. This basketball team is already good enough to the point where maybe last year, or heck, last year they put a little run into it. They could win the Summit League tournament and qualify for the NCAA tournament. You're telling me they do all that work. They win the Summit League Conference Tournament and the team they beat gets to go. I, I right. don't I don't like that. I just I don't like that. I think it's a bad look. I, I it is tough. Uh and if the football team, if they would have been eligible, if it weren't for the playoff ban, they would have gone. They would have had the automatic bid. You're right. On on paper, like you understand the reasoning behind it. You want to give a university a chance to build up scholarships. St. Thomas still isn't at full scholarship in any of their scholarship sports. They're slowly building and, and a chance to get your feet under you. But we don't live in an era where you get to build slowly anymore. Teams turn it around in a year, in two years, in three years. And if you turn it, if it takes you three years, people are pretty impatient by the end of that third year. Yes, right? they are. So you got to get it turned around fast. And that's just the world we live in now. And with NIL and, and the transfer portal, it's a lot easier than ever to do it. I, so it seems to me like, yeah, you should just go ahead and say, listen, we want, here's the commitment. 
here's what we need to know. We need to look at your books, make sure you're there and you'll be eligible right away. Because how do you recruit? The fact that St. Thomas was able to pull in the recruiting class on the men's basketball side, for example, that they were last year, where it was the highest ranked class in the Summit League. It's incredible. And it's incredible. They're not going to they're not going to be able to go to the NCAA's except for maybe their senior year. The fact that they're able to get anybody to come is kind of amazing. Now, St. Thomas offers a lot more than just athletics. And, and I feel like yes. the people they're getting are really interested in the academic side as well. But. The fact that they're able to bring anybody in, especially in those first couple of years, is a little bit of a shocker. And that, to me, feels like you're putting teams behind the eight ball. And now you're making a five-year transition turns into really a 10-year build because you're not getting anybody for those first five years. One final quick St. Thomas-related question, then we'll, we'll tear it up and we'll have a little bit of fun here. One thing that okay. is going to really help St. Thomas, specifically hockey and basketball with that build is that brand spanking new arena, I believe, still scheduled for fall of 2025. How excited yeah. are you to have the opportunity to be a part of that? Because uh, the renderings look awesome. And again, yeah. I don't want to throw shade at, at anybody. And I I know you, you at least know him in passing. Uh, Mark Coyle has to look at that and say, we got a problem on our hands. <laughs> because the, it's it, that's... That's going to be awesome. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to go there. And again, I'm not a St. Thomas grad, but I'll be there. Right. Right. It's going to be cool. It's going to be, it's not going to be Mariucci in terms of the size. It's not going to hold 10,000. It'll be maybe five to 6,000 for hockey and a little bit smaller for basketball. And I don't know if Mark Coyle needs to sweat it quite yet. But it's going to be one of those things where it will help St. Thomas firm up its position in the market. It's going to be something that you can sell to the recruits. You're going to be playing in a state-of-the-art building, and it's going to be intimate. And that's going to be a big deal, I think, because there's nothing worse than going to play, for example, at Target Center, which is a great venue. But when there's only 2,000 people there yes. in an 18,000-seat arena— it's not fun. But last year, the Tommies had 2,000 people for, against Oral Roberts, and it was one of the greatest atmospheres I've ever been a part of because it seats 1,800. So they were over capacity. No, they weren't over any fire marshal capacity. <laughs> so let's just make sure we're there. Well we done. Know that. Well done. But it's a great, intimate atmosphere. And when it's loud and when you have that atmosphere and you can create some demand, I think that's a wonderful thing. And I think it'll be a game changer for not only the sports that are going to play there, hockey and basketball, but then, you know, it's the front porch for all of your other sports. But then you also have uh, regional events that you can bring there. And I think it's just going to be an outstanding thing on the South Campus. Corbu mentioned Game Changer. My Game Changer every morning, people, you've heard me talk about it for, boy, a year or two now, is Beans Coffee Company. They get me going every morning with some of the best small batch coffee you will ever have. Hard to believe it, but the holidays, they are here. Happy holidays. Happy Honda Days. Happy Toyotathon to all who celebrate. Check out coffeebybeans.com for that perfect gift for the coffee fanatic in your life. Beans Coffee Company, they have a blend for everybody. Light, medium, dark roast. You know I love that Profectus blend. Truly something for everybody, even a cold brew decaf if that's your thing. Your morning cup of coffee is important, so take it seriously. Drink some of the best coffee around. Beans Coffee Company ships anywhere in the U.S. Free shipping on all orders of $35 or more. 
coffeebybeans.com. Use the promo code SPORTSCHAT to save at checkout. That's coffeebybeans.com, promo code SPORTSCHAT. All right, Corbu, this is how we'll end this uh, podcast. This is a bit inspired by Phil Mackey from Score North. Mm -hmm. So I've just dubbed it five filler questions because I'm a genius. Right, I get it. (laughs) P-H-I-L-L. You are correct, and you're also a genius. Okay. Yes. So these questions go all over the map. Some are sports-related, some are not. Okay. So I got a few for you that are going to be completely out of nowhere. Okay, the first right. one, and I, I'm willing to be wrong here. Okay. I have That's it on good. I have it on mild authority. You might be a soul asylum fan. Can you confirm or deny that? Um fan might be a too strong of a word, but okay. um I did stick around when they were here for the uh CHS at, at CHS field. And okay. I stuck around to watch him out in the outfield. Got it. I mean, it. I, was bo- I was a teenager in the 90s, so of course, <laughs> Soul Asylum was like the soundtrack then. And by good authority, I was about five feet behind you. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Yeah. Why didn't you say anything? I don't know. I, You know, I, I get starstruck, Corbu. You're Who was star. standing next to me? You're st- <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I love the, I love the humility, too. Okay, so there we go. That's question number one. Uh, question number two. So I know Justin Gard fairly well. Justin Gard yeah. was a um, – he was at the fan, kind of one of my internship coordinators when I was at the fan years ago. And then I worked part-time there for a few years, and I've kept in in, in pretty good contact with him. Uh, great dude. So whether yeah. it's him, Mike Grimm, or Daryl Thompson, I want you to embarrass one of those three with the time that you spent with them. You got uh, anything, well, the, anything you can tell yeah. us? Um. Well, first of all, here's what I'll tell you about Daryl Thompson is if there's anybody in this world who should who has the right to an ego, it's Daryl Thompson. And he is the nicest person in the history of mankind. And he makes all the rest of us look bad. So I hate Daryl for that. But at the same time, (laughs) I love Daryl. JG is a great dude. He is super nice. The most easy, the easiest person to embarrass is Mike Grimm. And um, I'm trying to think of a story that I could actually share. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That alone is a story right there. If you can't share it, that tells me all I need to know about Mike, which makes me love him even more. He does a tremendous job with uh, with Gopher football. So let me let me. Here's what I'll tell you about Grim. Grim has never told an original joke in his life. (laughs) He hears them all from somebody else. And so then when he hears something funny, he automatically assumes that you got it from somebody else. And he'll say, where'd you hear that? And I'll say, let's just assume that I said something funny. I'll say, well, no, I just thought of it. I made it up. Really? Are you sure? Pretty sure, Mike. Pretty (laughs) sure that that just popped into my head. No, but those three are outstanding individuals. Favorite city you have traveled to with St. Thomas. So likely somebody you play in the Summit League or a non-conference basketball mm-hmm. game or even football. But the caveat here, you can't say San Diego. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> and I, I'm going to also rule out Denver because I grew up in Denver. And so we actually stay in a hotel that's right in my old neighborhood when we go back to Denver. So we'll also say no to Denver. Okay. Um, going to Harvard this past year was really cool. Yeah, uh, we got that a chance cool. to dip our toe into Boston. 
Yeah, and we went by Fenway Park, and that was cool. I think Boston's a great city. Uh, being on the Harvard campus was really cool. I mean, that stadium is really old, and there's a lot of concrete. But it's just fun being around that much history and being around a place that's so well-known. So let's go with with Cambridge and Harvard. Follow up to that question 3B, were you able to help make sure that Patrick Royce made it up all the steps safely? I did <laughs> stop by and I said hi to Patrick and I think he was so out of breath that he didn't recognize me. <laughs> he just grumbled something about like he's like, "Well, oh, those are some big steps." <laughs> and then I uh, said, "Yeah, they are. All right, I'll see you later, Patrick." And then he came over about 10 minutes later and was a completely different person, but he was pretty grouchy when I first saw him. Forgive me for asking this one, okay? This is this is gonna go one of two ways. Are you <laughs> right. are you or are you not the same Corbu status who may have recently released a book on Formula One? Oh, um, yes, I am. You are yes. okay. Yes, you are. But it's okay. A child- yeah, it's a children's book. I saw so, this. Yes, uh, tell me yes, about it. Charlie Beatty. Charlie Beatty, who Gopher fans might know, did uh, TV for uh, Fox Sports or Bally's, whatever it was at the time, for the Gopher Hockey a couple of years ago. Okay, He works for a company that publishes uh, children's books, and they were desperate. And I said, well, yeah, I could maybe do something for you. So it was fun. I, I, don't, I didn't know much about F1 going in, but it was fun to research it. And it's not unlike preparing for a broadcast, right? We go in. You learn a little something, and then you regurgitate it. And so, yeah, it was fun to put together. That is really cool. The only thing I know, I know two things about Formula One, well, three. One, the Netflix documentary was really cool. It was big for their sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, every race starts before I like to get out of bed on a Sunday. Three, yeah. what I've learned this year is it's Max Verstappen's world, and the rest of us are just living in it because he wins like every race. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what I know about Formula One. And for a while, it was Lewis Hamilton, and you have Charles Leclerc who's in there, and there's some others. And that's um, it was kind of interesting to I don't didn't know anything about it either going in, so it was fun to learn about it and fun to learn about how they get to where they are and in the road, the path that they take, and then of course changing teams and all of the drama that was in there, and. It, I know that my uncle and his and my cousin are super into it now after watching the drive, but I still I am like you, man. Sundays, I, I got to find some sleep when I can get it. So Sunday morning, I want to be sleeping. Well, and especially this time of year when you got football, you got basketball. I don't know how many Sunday games you have. I can't imagine there's a ton. I'm sure there's some, but yeah, you got to take the sleep whenever you can get it, which leads me to the final question, and then we'll get you out the door myself too. You kind of started to walk down this road earlier, but best rule of thumb when it comes to traveling, what is it? What can mm. you offer up to anybody? Hmm. Best rule of thumb. One, um, socks. Pack, make sure you bring enough socks because there's nothing worse than going for a run in the morning and then your socks are a little bit damp and then you're like, oh, I got to wear these for the rest of of the day and that's not fun so socks obviously underwear that's also important but socks are huge and then um knowing where you're going and then being able to map out a run for me is 
chef's kiss because then I get to get out of the hotel, go around, explore the area a little bit, and it's a lot more fun to explore on foot. So socks and uh, knowing where we're going, those are the two most important things when traveling. One thing I learned about myself, and this is even if I'm going just on like a two-day trip to watch football or something, Mm -hmm. I will pack as if it's a five-day trip because I'm convinced everything I'm bringing is going to get wet. So I bring I bring <laughs> That's smart. I, I bring way too much stuff, but you know what? It helps with the peace of mind. Uh Corbu, this has yeah. been a ton of fun. If I if I ask you again in two and a half years to come back for edition number <laughs> what would that be? Three hundred and eighty four, would you do it? Yes. Yeah, one hundred percent. And we'll awesome. do it from the new arena. How about that? Well that'll be yeah, well, let's actually do it on site. I'll come out for that. Perfect. I love it. And don't you don't have to just stand behind me. You can actually come <laughs> okay, up good and deal. say hi. Good deal. We should also <laughs> plug the melodious tones of Corbu you could hear on 1500 ESPN with St. Thomas basketball and football. Man, I was just staring at it. Who do you got on Saturday for football? Saturday is San Diego. That's right. Oh, good time of year to get yeah. out of here. Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> I got to be in Berkeley on Monday and now San Diego on Saturday and Apparently, it's supposed to be decent on Sunday, so I'm living the dream. You know what? When you start gloating like that, we end the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Thanks, Corbu. I really do appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Ross. Appreciate you. That is Corbu Status. He is the voice of St. Thomas football and also basketball. Again, you can hear those games on 1500 ESPN in the Twin Cities and at 1500ESPN.com. That will do it for edition number 192 of Minnesota Sports Chat. Just about a day or so from now in this feed, Daniel House. Yeah, unfortunately, we'll review that gopher debacle from last weekend, and we'll preview Purdue. In the next edition of Minnesota Sports Chat, I'm Ross Brendel. Thank you for listening.